Oh, hey, babe. Um, I'm not your babe. Welcome to Not Your Babe, the podcast celebrating female empowerment, women in business, and tackling some of the issues that women face in modern day society. I'm your host, Katie Lee, a Liverpool-based artist and a celebrator of indie biz everywhere. Hi guys, welcome to episode two of Not Your Babe. Um, We've got Sarah today, who is a Cheshire-based artist. She runs two businesses, one called Portraits and one called Creative Minds. So she actually came along to one of our very first Chester events. Um, We're gonna be talking today about creativity and mental health. So welcome on, Sarah. Hi, thank you for having me. This is makes me like, I was just like, this is, I feel like I'm living my vision board right now, Katie. (laughs) This is proper like dream come true stuff. (laughs) Podcast is goals. (laughs) So we've obviously met before. Um, I love your business. I think it's such a brilliant idea and it's so important. And we've spoken before about how much an impact art and creativity can have in a positive way on your mental health um, so I just wanted to sort of ask about your journey and how did you start Creative Minds? Yeah sure, um, yeah I think both of us have experienced like, how um, creativity can help with your mental health and it's like it's a massive thing. Um, so I was working in advertising for three years um, after uni I moved up to Manchester and started, I got like kind of my dream job um, was working for one of the top agencies in the UK like proper like high flyer career like you know when you just see yourself on this trajectory and you know your bank balance is always going to be happy but I think that's about it on the happiness front um yeah so every every year I had this sort of spout of anxiety where I would for about three years uh, three years three months at a time I'd just sort of lose myself um and I don't know, I know everyone sort of blames everything else but work, um, even though you're at work like the majority of your life. Um, so I was blaming my relationship, my living situation, I was constantly moving and constantly questioning and everything else but the job. Um, so a few years, few years on, um, I guess everything else had changed and I was still getting this horrible, these horrible feelings. Um, so I then decided right enough's enough I'm going to start actually I'm actually going to go to the GP this time yeah so uh, I went to the GP and straight away they said we'll put you on um, antidepressants and I thought I want to try something before that so I went on the waiting list for counselling and it was like six months it was sort of one of those things where I think they kind of give you such a long waiting list and then hope you're okay by the time so they don't actually have to give you the service um so I thought, right, I've still got a little bit of money, a little bit of money and my parents sort of helped me out and I went private. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had counselling for sort of a few sessions and then I was signed off work um, for six weeks. And through counselling, um, I remember like the most like poignant moment was when she asked me, um, what would you sort of do if money was not object? And I said, I would help people through art. And then she was like, why don't you do that? I was like, well, there's there's no money in it. There's I I can't do that. Um, you know, all that all those sort of excuses. Um, and then she was like, well, why not just like do a little like taster course or something and just try it out. Um, I also at the same time uh, found this um, art group for people with dementia. So I started volunteering there whilst I was off sick. And honestly, it was 
it was just like the best thing um seeing people walk in who have completely lost lost themselves to dementia alzheimer's and then they literally like you can see them coming back to life through the artwork and it's amazing um i think i was a bit like skeptical for ages and i hadn't noticed like how i'd been using art to help myself and then when i look back i was like oh yeah i use it as well um so I then decided I signed myself up for a um, like mini art therapy course. So it was just a week at the Lowry, and it was just amazing being surrounded by like-minded people who actually want to help people through art as well. And it was like the first time outside of uni, or probably before uni actually, that people weren't like just doing things just to make money. They were just caring and arty and wanted to actually do something that had a purpose. Um, and I'm not saying people like in advertising don't want the purpose because some people are, are super passionate about it. But it was just like more aligned to sort of what I wanted to do. So I did this week and I was like, whoa, this is fully like what I want to do. But it was a bit too academic for me because it was the art, it was art therapy. Mm -hmm. And they'd mentioned that there was a thing called therapeutic art, which I was like, you just don't know, do you, until you like start researching. Um, and I was like, whoa, that's that's what I want to do um, so I got back to work on the Monday after being signed off sick um, and I handed my notice in straight away um, yeah it was it was scary but I, like, the, I couldn't I can't fault that company at all um, they were amazing for like how they supported me they were like you don't have to work your notice if you don't want to and I was like no I will like I can do this sort of thing um, I didn't want to leave them kind of without another another body um, but again it was it was still awful like the long nights and stuff but the last few weeks um, they didn't really give me much to do because I think they, I didn't I think they didn't want to like trigger me or there's not really many projects that you can just do for the last week um, so I spent a lot of time like googling uh, like job opportunities and stuff um, at the same time my granddad was passing away um, he'd been suffering with cancer for the past year and it was sort of, we knew it was like his last last few weeks. Um, and they actually uh, allowed me to go and spend like his last week with them. So I wasn't, I hadn't actually finished work then, but they were like, just go, like you need to be with him. Um, mm -hmm. And he taught me to draw, like he was one of my biggest inspirations and he knew that I wanted to help people through art. And it was just like seeing like how proud he was. And he'd never been, like he was always proud of me, but it was never like, you could just tell he wasn't necessarily proud of my advertising career. Um, it wasn't something he really like believed in. Um, but this was like, he'd really wanted me to do it. Um, so he passed on the Saturday and then on the Tuesday, it was my last week. So I'd gone back to work um, and I was just Googling and I found this opportunity and I had to text my mum straight away. I was like, mum, I found an opportunity that literally like makes me feel sick like you know like a good way but like a terrifying way as well yeah. so that's when I found Creative Minds um, so it's a franchise um, there's, it started in Guildford uh, and there's a lot of people in London that do it so you buy the franchise and then you sort of run your so I'm Creative Minds Cheshire um, yeah. you run like your own your own franchise um, and I was like this is amazing so had a conversation with the uh, founder. He was just like so like-minded like me. Um, 
and I signed up straight away. My grandma gave me the money to buy the franchise um, and she said like this is what granddad would want you to do. So it was just like reassuring um, that way that I was doing the right thing um, and like spending like inheritance money wisely and all that. Um, so yeah and then it just kind of went from there really. I mean it's it's hard but I always sort of knew I should work for myself. Um, I don't like 9 to 5, even though advertising wasn't really 9 to 5. Um, yeah, it, I, I like kind of having my own life and being able to do things when I want to. Um, be my own boss, I guess. Um, so now I work with people with um, dementia, uh, learning difficulties, mental health issues, which was one that I was really passionate about. So I started like a local group for people with anxiety and depression just to kind of come and do some art on a Monday night and sort of make friends um, but obviously so I'd, I'd only started in October so I don't think I would have been I wouldn't have started for many months when I met you Katie I've been doing it maybe a month yeah I think so well, I think it was before Christmas wasn't it it was yeah it was yeah. October or November the oh wow okay I think, so I think you, you had just started it <laughs> yeah and then obviously so in March I sort of got up to a stage where I had kind of like clients sort of every every day really um, and I was like oh okay I'm actually starting to sort of make a living from this um, and then the seed bomb dropped so obviously Covid hit and it was like oh I, can no, I can't go to my clients and I, I had to cancel them quite early even before lockdown because they're all at risk which obviously it's it's heartbreaking but at the same time you don't want to take any risks I'd made any of them poorly I just I wouldn't be able to forgive myself so um yeah that was that was hard for the first few weeks I could feel like that anxiety coming back because it was like the unknown it was what do I do now how long is this going to be I just don't even know so I felt that I mean, other people listening to this that do have anxiety, we sort of we sort of can deal with it, and then it comes and it overtakes us, and that's what I was feeling with. Like I do have it all the time, but mine comes in like really extreme waves where it's like that three months of like crippling anxiety. Whereas I know a lot of people sort of have maybe have that feeling all the time, but I, I can now um, I can now kind of feel it when it's coming. Like I need to do something to stop this. Um, so I just got my puppy and I've always had these like three canvases for genuinely like 10 years and I've never done anything with them. I was like, right, I need to, I need to stop feeling like this. I need to like get up off my ass and actually do something. So I got my like client paintbrushes, client pens, uh, paints out and just, I did like a portrait of Winnie. Um, and I just felt like the sun come back out and I was like, wow, like this is actually this is what I do for my clients like I'm actually helping myself deal with things through art and yeah so that was really cool and then I posted that on online um, and then I had people like friends being like oh could you do one of my dog and it kind of and then friends of friends and then strangers I was like whoa this could actually be something um, so that's when I started the second business um, one day I was just like, I uh, got Cal, my fiance, to take a picture of me next to my canvas and I made an Instagram and just sort of went from there really. Um, and now 
got, I think I'm on like my 15th commission. I think I've got five more like kind of in the next few weeks. So it's really going well. Um, and obviously I've, I can start, I can do my creative mind sort of alongside it. And it's, it's kind of like not putting the pressure on either of them and having these two little things that when you start to feel stressed with one of them, you sort of do work on the other one. And I guess it's kind of what you do with all of like the boss babe stuff, how you have different kind of elements of it all. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just it's just really good. So, yeah. I think in, in creativity and particularly, I think that's one thing that's come out of COVID is it's sort of made everyone take a step back and realise that actually you're better having like maybe lots of little things to do rather than just putting all your eggs in one basket with like, one thing because at the beginning like boss babes was my well boss babes and then i was running and um, i was like working working in marketing as well and both of those collapsed at the beginning of covid and i think you were saying then like those first few weeks was just like oh my god and so i've struggled with anxiety in the past well i say in the past it doesn't really ever go away yeah. um it's like some troughs you get I describe it as like a goblin <laughs> that sometimes the goblin's running the ship and sometimes I am yeah, um I feel and when negative time like I think the biggest thing of COVID is the way that I try and deal with my anxiety is by being on the go so I'll just sort of do like three two one just do it because if I don't do that I'll overthink it and then I spiral and, and stop myself from doing stuff and I think the thing with COVID is that suddenly those coping mechanisms that you'd normally have yeah. went and it's completely out of your control and I think I don't know if you're the same but when you struggle with anxiety you do have to put a lot of mechanisms in place mm -hmm. um, that sort of you know you get your routine you get like your ways of dealing with it and I think it's really interesting you're saying like at the beginning you could feel that anxiety coming back and you're just like no 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 <laughs> we're not doing this again <laughs> no no <laughs> feel anxious for being anxious you know what I mean like you you start feeling like scared of the anxiety coming and yeah it's like the preempting it you sort of like yeah. oh god I'm gonna spiral oh no what can I do to stop this yeah, I'm anxious about being anxious it's like oh god for people who've not struggled with it um it's really difficult to explain because I think sometimes you're like I completely know that I'm being irrational yeah. but I can't switch those thoughts off it's just sort of trying to get to a stage where you don't attach an emotion to those thoughts and you just have to try and let them pass over. Um, but I think like the, like COVID's been obviously difficult for everyone, but particularly if you already struggle with anxiety, it that, and I think it's been quite eye-opening for people who haven't struggled with anxiety in the past, because I think unfortunately a lot of people are now seeing what it's like to be second guessing yourself on everything. I heard something, someone was saying something it's actually been better for people that do have anxiety because every day we're like oh it's impending doom people that don't suffer are like oh is this what you're like every day is like and you're like yeah so did you ever go and train in art or has it always just been something that you loved doing did you ever do it like a level or yeah yeah so i'm literally i've done art for forever like i said like my granddad just sort of taught me when I was tiny, um, he was like my biggest art critic. He would, when I do something, he'd be like, hmm, good, but uh, shall I tell you what's wrong with it? So <laughs> he's literally, oh God. And now like, I have to say that to myself because because I'm so used to that kind of like, that critic, I'm like, I said that, I'm like, what's wrong with um, But yeah, I did um, obviously GCSE art, uh, A-level art, 
um, and then I went to do my foundation degree, um, art and design foundation degree. That was amazing, like anyone listening that's sort of at that age, do it because it's wicked. We did just the most random things for a whole, I think it was like six months and then you specialised. Um, and I remember there was a stage where they were like, right, don't pick your specialty, we'll sort of say what we can see like is in you sort of thing. And I went to that meeting and then just was like, stop, no, I don't want to hear it. I'm doing graphic design, like, I don't care what you want me to do. And I think part of that was that I wanted to stay at Nottingham, because um, that's where I'm from. I wanted to live at home. Um, and I, part of me, like, knew that I could sort of make money from that. I remember a friend, like, friend of the family friend was like, well, if you're going to do design, do graphic design, because you'll make money. And I don't know why, like, I'm so not money-focused now. But, well, I, I guess I'm money-focused in a different way. Um, but I was kind of that like high flyer focus back then. Um, so I was like, right, I'm going to do graphic design. Part of me is like, I really would like to go back and sit in that room and see what they would have suggested. And it would have been like illustration or something like that, or maybe fine art. But I was definitely not like a digital person. So I did go to Nottingham Trent and did graphic design. Um, I got unconditional offers. Um, so they obviously saw something in me. Um, but my tutors were always like, not really like a polisher, you know, like graphic designers would just sit there like doing all that kerning and leading. I just wanted to do the ideas and like pass it on to someone else. I mean, I stopped painting like at A-level. Um, so up until lockdown, like I haven't painted for like 10 years. So it's crazy that that sort of, that, that muscle memory is still there. I haven't done anything really for myself in all that time. And then that's why I went into advertising because I was more like the ideas person. I think that's really interesting that you say about um, the money side of things and that you went to do graphic design because I think it's such a common thing with creatives that we're sort of there's always that chip on our shoulders to think that oh you're, gonna, you're never going to make money out of art like you can't make a career out of it because like, I know I had the same and I came out of uni and went and did um, managing and creating content for social media so I actually did like videography and photography and ran Instagram accounts that's how I started it um, because, but not because I really particularly enjoyed it just because I knew that was a good way to make money from it and now I'm like it's so the wrong way around that like you should do something that you're passionate about and then actually the money will come in eventually if you're passionate about it and you're you know seeing the difference that you're making to people and other people are then your biggest advocates then like with you with creative minds like me with boss babes like people who come along to my events are my they're my marketing team almost because they like have all vouched for it and been like no it was brilliant like I met loads of people like I've done it so you don't have to actually like I don't feel like I need to really market boss babes I just do the events I know I love them I know that I can see that people other people do um, and then I don't really necessarily you know I have to think about the money sometimes but it's not really about that for me and um, that's like a means to an end almost I'm like okay well the money I, I'm, I'm very much a work to live not live to work kind of thing and if you're doing a job that you enjoy um I don't think you need I don't really think you need a lot of money um in life and I think it's interesting that you say that you used to be a high flyer because I used to be the same a miserable so, high flyer. yeah putting so much pressure on yourself to yeah. be just to, to be like this big amazing thing and actually it's so much better just to be happy and be fulfilled by your job like your genuine self like you, with saying like you're not having to really market boss babes like I totally agree like I can just see that you are just doing what you love and that's why I want to come to your events and stuff because 
it's I want to also do what I love and that's what I did and it like it was so inspiring and I think like the most important thing for any business person to be is just be genuine because people can see sort of through the bullshit can't they and I think that's what I was trying to be in advertising I remember just literally like trembling every day like trying I felt like my body was like trying to like rebel against like what I was physically doing do you know what I mean like I was just trying to like it was like this is not you I guess before but probably even more like since lockdown I felt like the most like authentic me that I ever have because there's not been that pressure to sort of go out and do things that you don't want to do like do zoom calls with people you love but there's no like there's nothing that's forced and I think that's what what, like people need to take in business definitely I think there was it sort of made everyone realize that so my granddad said it really well. He was like, I feel like we were all running around with nowhere to go yeah. before lockdown. And he was like, everyone was like a hundred miles an hour, but not really going anywhere. Like you, there was just that constant need to achieve, but maybe not actually progressing. Whereas actually, if you stick to your values and you stick to what's true to you, you shouldn't be doing what other people are doing because that's already been done. I think there's always that like initial thing of like, oh God, what if no one likes it? But actually human beings aren't all that different like if you stick to your values and what you know and what you love you will attract your tribe and you'll attract the kind of people who want to work with you and it, you're a lot more it's going to be a lot more beneficial for both of you because you're not having to you're not having to pretend to be something you're not and I halfway through was it halfway through lockdown yeah halfway through lockdown because I, I used to work in pharmacy yeah and I ended up going back in as a store manager um in pharmacy and I was there for a month and then I just quit and it was I took it as like a I need a job I need to do this and I've done that job before and I left and then because of Covid I ended up going back in and same as you like I literally was in there and it's almost like my body was like rejecting that job like it was like this is so not you because pharmacy's tough (laughs) um but it's a very um if you're someone who struggles with anxiety anyway it's a very negative space to be in because you're almost encouraged to think of like the worst possible outcome um which makes you good at your job when you've like if you've got anxiety because i would always think of the worst thing anyway (laughs) um but it's not a good space to be in because it makes your anxiety a lot worse so i would not leave that at the door i would take it home with me and i'd be worrying that like oh god what if i go in tomorrow and someone sent all the wrong tablets what if a patient's taking the wrong thing like because at the end you know the the outcome in the end is actually you could you know someone could died it's just you're helping people but it's not it's so not me to be in that like cutthroat environment of like having to check on a million lists and admin and that's like no this isn't me yeah I'm the same about that cutthroat environment because advertising was brutal like you do like 100 ideas and literally have them sort of like torn off in front of you and I thought like oh god I'm not good enough like um I'm not strong enough for this and it was like not being able to cope with that like cutthroatness but I was like hang on a minute like no you're just different and you're sensitive and that's like your strength and you just need to find a job or a career that or make a job um that works to those strengths 100% make a job I think we're in a really unique time anyway regardless of Covid where actually with social media and stuff has opened up a lot of doors and new ways of making new jobs and and especially now where we're in such uncertainty actually it's the perfect time to be trying something out because it could be that those new weird ideas are exactly what we need yeah, <laughs> you know 
wanting to support uh, small businesses and stuff mm -hmm. and I think they've kind of realized that the world can't carry on how it is yeah so it's just I think it's a really good time a lot of people would be sort of scared by it but I think if you're ever gonna like quit your job and do something for you then it's a brilliant time so <clears throat> this is a question I love asking what advice would you give to your 15 year old self big deal like just stop caring about what people think of you um, because there's gonna be people that don't like you and that's okay because most of the times people that haven't liked you you haven't liked them either um, so I think just be honest and stick up for yourself trust yourself um, and yeah stop trying to fit into stop being like a square peg in a round hole um, just be you I think this does sound stereotypical but I just thought back like yeah I was just I remember winning like biggest poser at prom um and I was like me now no 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 <laughs> I love the occasional selfie but geez I used to like spend so much money on like mac makeup and stuff and now like I just love the outdoors and like walking and stuff and like I'd happily just be in like my walking stuff all the time but yeah I guess you learn that with age don't you but without sounding like a little grandma I am sat here in a little knitted cardigan <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think I think that's that's my advice really I think that's so true and and so I went to an all-girls school and I think it's even worse in an all-girls school it's like so caring so I was the same I didn't wasn't really into makeup but I remember if you ever had like own clothes day it was like the biggest thing ever because you're like oh my god what am I going to wear like everyone's going to be judging we're all going to make decisions on each other it's like actually no one really cares <laughs> like I think that's a harsh reality is like the only person who really cares is you like yeah the other people aren't you know it's a lot of it's in your head thinking that they don't like you or and you know sometimes they don't but actually does that matter like there's people that you're not going to like you're not going to get on with everyone you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea and that's absolutely fine there's like billions of people in the world you don't need to be everyone's friend <laughs> just got one last question what would you say has been your biggest achievement with your mental health or with your business which is your like proudest moment where you're like actually yeah I, I did that well done me um so I was thinking about this when you asked the question yesterday um and I think oh like oh degree or whatever um so I've got two my first one for my mental health I think was starting counselling and just actually accepting that I did need help it genuinely did change my life so I'm really proud that I actually took the first step and not only booked the appointment but actually walked in the doors because um, it's all well and good isn't it booking an appointment but it's actually getting there and going every week and showing up for yourself I think and then in my own achievements well other than that um, I'd say starting Portraits by Savs um, just because I would like Creative Minds is amazing and I'm really proud that I did that but it's still a franchise so it's still not totally my own thing. I have, have complete freedom but in terms of like branding and stuff there's not that I can change but starting Portraits by Savs and actually like putting myself out there and being completely vulnerable I just yeah it was really really empowering 
and then actually like putting a price on myself um and i yeah. use you you're an artist as well aren't you so putting a price mm-hmm. on your artwork is hard when i saw my first painting i was like whoa when people actually come back and be like oh, okay that's a good price you're like what i had i did a rural in um a restaurant in chester and it's still the biggest commission i've done and my partner at the time is quite was quite like business minded and I was like I've never done a big mural before I literally don't know what to charge yeah. and he was like just say a grand and a half I was like what and he was like just say a grand and a half you can always say no and I was like oh my god said a grand and a half he was like yeah fine I was like what I freaked I literally remember like freaking out because I was like oh my god like as long as you put it out there like this is what I'm worth yeah. And I said, yeah, and I was just like, oh my God, I, I literally spent the next week like freaking out. And then I was like trying to play it cool. Like, yeah, yeah, this is what I get paid all the time. Like, yeah. this is fine. But as artists and as creatives, because there's like a societal view that like maybe it's not as like a critical thing to have, yeah. that it gets undervalued. And actually you're still putting so many hours in. You're, you're paying for the training, like the years training. You're paying for the personal design. You're paying for your personal touch. You're paying for the time that they've put in actually when you add it up and you put like an hourly rate on it like it it is and the materials and everything as well it is actually you work out and you're like oh actually that's probably about right but it just feels very strange like when you first get that price back and people say yes you're like what <laughs> i guess art's a luxury isn't it but you have to think about the value that it also brings like the happiness that people would people in that restaurant would be like oh wow like that's amazing and like people like taking instagram pictures next to it and it's like mm-hmm. it's like a marketing tool for them isn't it at the same time that instagram engagement that they've probably got thanks to your um year of like it is it's priceless i think as well but yeah i think that was one of the hardest things i started so low i've like doubled now but yeah i think i still i still people still say like oh that's quite reasonable um so yeah, if you do need a uh, pet portrait, get it in now. I think that is my last question. I just want to say thank you so much for being so open about everything um, and for coming on and just sharing your journey, your tips. Um, and I'd love to get you on again. Yeah, I'm really happy to. I think we just need to be as honest and open as possible, don't we? Because what's the point in suffering in silence? And if we can help like just one person like in kind of become creative and I don't know start painting or whatever to help their mental health then we've done our job I think. I think Covid's had a lot to do with um, being a lot more open about mental health as well like I found that a lot more people are talking about it whereas before there was still a bit of that stigma attached and it's actually you know you'd go to the doctors for a broken arm why wouldn't you go to the doctors for depression and anxiety like it's still something that you you do need to get help for but it's much harder to ad- admit when you need help and I think that realization is always as you say the first step that like okay I actually think this is something I can't deal with on my own I do need to go and get someone to help me with this um it's a really difficult step to make but if anyone if you know if anyone is struggling or you're not sure hopefully through this and hearing our stories they're like okay maybe I actually maybe I should go and get some help maybe that's not just in my head as well if you do want like a bit of advice or anything then portraits by Saz I'm always happy to um, open up a little bit more and yeah I just think it's because mental illness is a um, 
it's invisible, isn't it? And I think now, though, I don't know about you, Katie, but I feel like I can see it. I can see anxiety in people, and I don't know if that's because I experience it myself, whether we've just got this, like, magical power now, but, you know, like, you just want to, like, look at someone and be like, are you okay? Like, you want to, it's like you want to give them, like, a secret nod and be like, I feel you. Um, yeah. <laughs> we should wear some sort, like of... some sort of code word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like get that started, like a little or a little flag or something that you like a little white flag, like help. <laughs> like... But no, I agree. You can, you can, you almost get like a sixth sense for people, and you can sort of sense when they're struggling. I think if you do see someone, even if you don't, I, I just think it's so important to be kind to everyone because you have no idea what someone's going through. Yeah. Um, that is an invisible illness, as you say. Like some, sometimes I've found it's the happiest people that actually are struggling the most because they don't want anyone else to feel the same way. They don't want it to be a burden on you, do they? So, and it's not that they're not happy. Um, it's like high—is it high-functioning anxiety where you can just like, you, yeah. like you say, like you're super busy all the time, and people see anxiety and depression as you literally just want to be in bed all the time. And you do have days like that, but most of the time you're just trying to kind of be productive to sort of distract yourself. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Not Your Babe. If you don't already, give me a follow on Instagram at Not Your Babe Podcast. We'll be releasing new videos every Wednesday, so until next time, stay sassy.